we're back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fight Night and Chill podcast. Once again, I am your host, Rich, and with me, Los, my co-host, Los, ladies and gentlemen, it's August 26th. We're a couple hours away from Mayweather versus McGregor being called the biggest fight of our lifetime. Here at the Fight Night and Chill podcast, though, you will not be hearing us calling this a fight at all. That is because... Um, to me and Lowe's, this is not a fight. This is an event, an event that we both respect. We want to see in our own type of way, but we will not be calling this a fight because it's boxing. And when it comes to the our love of boxing and what we consider a good boxing fight, neither of us believe this is going to be close to what we like calling boxing. So we're going to call this the biggest event of our lifetime because it is a big event. It's going to be one of one of the most viewed pay-per-views probably in history. But that being said, we're going to talk about the build-up to this fight, how this fight came about, um, what we think about this fight, and then predictions for the whole card. So, Lois, let me ask you this. Get, what did you think from the build-up to the, to the making of this fight, how this fight came about, and what did you think after this fight got made? What did you think was some of the things... Uh, that was going to keep this fight from happening. And then your thoughts on after it happening and overall thoughts of the fight. Well, before the fight was made, uh, when the discussion was going on, when the rumors, when the hype was starting to pick up for it and the demand for it, I honestly didn't think it was going to happen because I, w- I didn't think they were, first of all, we're going to agree on a split of the money. And then the weight also was going to be an issue, I thought, because I thought maybe Mayweather would try to get uh, McGregor to come down to 147. So those are my two biggest issues or the concerns. Well, not really concerns because, like you said, we don't really care for this fight. But uh, those were the two uh, issues that I thought they would have in making the fight. And once it got made, I was like, all right, we'll see what's going to happen now. Obviously, they're going to make a lot of money because uh, people are going to be uh, hyped and amped for the, the spectacle of it. Because that's what this is. This is a spectacle. This, this isn't a real fight. This isn't like when uh, Mayweather fought guys like Gotti Cotto, even Pacquiao, even though he was older by then, those were fights. Those were were worth buying and watching. Um, but this fight at a hundred dollar price tag is just ridiculous, and it is just—it's a show. It's really just uh, just to put money in each guy's pocket, pretty much, because McGregor knows in his heart as much trash as he talks. He knows he has probably—I'd give him a one percent shot. That's that's what I give him. And then like um, when the fight was made, man, uh, man, I just freaking McGregor fans just started talking that trash. Yeah, and, and this this is what I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about why this fight got made right and how, why it makes sense now. And you know, first of all, you know, me and Los are both MMA fans and boxing fans. We're both Conor fans and Floyd fans. That being said, though. A lot of, I think a lot of MMA fans get insulted when somebody says, this is not going to be a fight. It's not going to be a competitive fight. And a lot of people think, oh, you know, you're, you're saying that McGregor sucks. Nobody in the boxing world is saying, hey, McGregor sucks as a fighter. And we all know if it was MMA, McGregor would kill Mayweather. We all know that in MMA, in his weight class, I mean, he's a two-time champ. McGregor is a real, you know, really good fighter. That being said, though, I think the problem comes from MMA community kind of forgetting because, you know, the MMA diehards aren't really too in tune to boxing. 
they forget what boxing at the highest level is. They forget how how long boxing has been, what it's been, uh, what it is now. So I think it had to do with first of all, I think that if Mayweather had been fighting for the two years he was retired, that fight would have never gotten made because nobody would have been like, oh, Mayweather is still in his prime against Conor. Doesn't make sense. I think Mayweather being gone for two years helped a lot when it came to that fight being made. And then, you know, the momentum that Conor got from being two-time champ helped a lot. That being said, though, you know, a lot of Conor fans immediately, like you said, you know, basically this was made because everybody wants to see a spectacle. And MMA has gotten to the point where everybody wants to see, okay, can our can our biggest guy or can our best guy, even though neither of us consider him the best fighter in MMA, um, can our guy beat the boxing guy? And that being said, a lot of it has been, you know, it's it's almost like perfect timing because everybody everybody knows that Floyd is forty. He's gonna be forty one at the end of, or by by I think it's February. Um, everybody considers him out of his prime. Connor's coming into his prime. So basically, this got made because I think MMA wants MMA fans want to see their guy go over the boxing guy because I think for for so many years we've seen. Um, Everybody said, "Okay, you're a good you're a good fighter, but are you good at this? Like, when it comes to the the world class level." And my problem with this fight, and I wanted to ask you about this because I was thinking about this earlier today. You know, when it comes to MMA fans, um, everybody knows. Okay, so we see a good grappler in, in MMA, right? Everybody knows that a good grappler in MMA, if he goes to like a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournament, like a world tournament, he's not gonna get far, right? That's like understood in the MMA community. Everybody knows that you you have good guy you have good kickboxers in, in MMA. But they know that if they go to like glory kickboxing or a, a championship like Muay Thai fight, you know, if they go against those those high level kickboxers, everybody knows the MMA guy's not gonna do great. So we understand that. And even with wrestling, right? We got good MMA wrestlers, but when it comes to them versus say like a, an Olympic wrestler, we all know the guy in MMA is gonna get smoked. And we all understand that. We all agree that. So why is it so insulting for somebody to say, hey, man, you might be a good boxer in MMA, but you're just not at the level of world championship boxing. That's what I don't understand. I don't understand why, especially now with this fight being made, Conor fans are like, oh, you're saying you're basically saying Conor sucks by saying he doesn't send a chance. It's not that. It's that like in any other type of the sport that MMA is part of, the when you take that one thing, that one trait, boxing, what it is, what we're talking about now, and you take it from the good, being good at it level to being great, and then now with, with Floyd being one of the best to ever do it, it's just worlds apart, you know, and I think people don't understand because, like I said before, they don't re- they don't remember what it is to, one, see Floyd at his best, two, what it what it what boxing is at its best, and um, I think that that played a lot into this fight and what people are gonna see in this fight. Well, before I address that, I want to get back to like you talking about the MMA fans and why they they um, they really wanted to see this fight and all that, and um, it's it's because they have this this uh, screwed up perception or this this thought that uh, if Connor were to do good. Even if he doesn't win, if he were to do well, and maybe if he does, if he were to win, that it would make MMA bigger than it is right now. And no, that's not like that. 
is something that you brought up to my attention like a couple weeks ago was uh you said um that I, I think you said that Mario Lopez said on his podcast that uh if Connor were to do well or to actually beat Floyd that he would probably just stay in boxing. He'd realize that there's more money in boxing. So that does absolutely nothing for MMA. So I don't know why these MMA heads, you know, and we I consider us MMA heads, we're big fans, but um we don't think that we don't have this perception or this thought that if Connor were to do well, that it's going to bump up MMA and make it bigger than it already is. The reason why this fight is big and, and is going to freaking break records is because of Floyd. Because when you think about it, when Connor was fighting guys like Aldo and Mendez before he fought Nate Diaz the second time, he wasn't getting the pay per view buys that he's getting now after that second Nate Diaz fight. So it's like. People are saying that Floyd needs Connor. No, it's the other way around. Connor needs Floyd. UFC needs Floyd because Floyd is just that big. When you think about it, to think that he's a mainly defensive fighter and that he's he gets the pay per view buys that he gets is really outstanding. The fact what what he's done with his brand and um building it up and making himself out to be the biggest villain boxing has had in the last like fifteen, twenty years since like a guy like Mike Tyson. But um Damn, what was what was that? That well, what you're saying? To jump, to jump. Oh, the specialization. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, I was we were listening to first take. I don't know if you heard it, but Max Kellerman brought up a good point. Expecting Conor McGregor to go into a boxing ring, being he's a good boxer. His his background is karate, but he is a very good boxer. He's he really like, good with his hands. Yeah. He 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 was able to to pretty much outbox Nate Diaz, who's a t- uh, technical boxer, a typical boxer, you know. Um. But it would be like what Max Kellerman was saying. It would be like expecting the world's greatest ping pong player to go into a tennis court and beat Serena Williams. That's pretty much what people are expecting Conor McGregor to do or hoping that Conor McGregor does. And that's just not realistic because Floyd has been doing this since he was a young boy. This man has been doing this since he was six or seven years old all his life. His muscle memory is crazy. He could he could have retired for five years trained for a month and still been able to get into the ring and probably beat McGregor because it's in his DNA. It's in his muscle memory. And uh, expecting Conor McGregor to go in there and have success is just, it's foolish. Um, you probably, you say you don't give him no chance. I give him 1% chance. I say if he lands that first punch and knocks out Floyd, after that, it's over. Um, but yeah, so there's the MMA heads that expect this to be a competitive fight, expect this to be an actual fight, because to us it's just spectacle, like we've said. Um, it's just um, they're blinding themselves. They're blinding themselves with their fanhood, with their love of Connor. You know, we love Connor, but we love him in an octagon because he's great in an octagon because of his his other skills, his other assets. But in a boxing ring, when it's isolated down to just boxing, he's not going to beat the best boxer of the last twenty five years especially when he is the greatest defensive boxer of all time. Yeah, and, and and my problem with this fight and is that people people want to say it's the biggest fight of all time. It's the biggest challenge that Conor's going to going to have because it's Mayweather and that he's basically Mayweather's biggest challenge. Here's the thing. Conor, you know, as as good of a fighter he is, you know, and and, and as good as People want to make make him out to be. It's just, I think it's people, and I'm losing my train of thought here. But this is what what bothers me is this: we're, we're want to say this is the biggest fight of all time, right? And because he's fighting Mayweather, 
And everybody's saying it's the biggest fight because of Connor and, and, and Floyd needs Connor. But here's the thing. The only reason why this fight is intriguing to everybody, including both diehard boxing, diehard MMA, and the casual fan, isn't because of Connor necessarily. It's because we're all hoping, well, not we, because we're realistic, but everybody in the casual fans and everybody in the MMA community, we're, everybody is hoping that Connor is finally the guy after 20 years of a complete 49 and 0 career that maybe, just maybe, because he's different, because he's unorthodox, as people say, that Connor might be the guy who finally takes Floyd down. This isn't a McGregor success story. This is everybody hoping this is finally the day Floyd fails. And that's my problem because everybody wants to say, oh, this is a competitive fight. But let's be realistic. If Connor went in there with a guy his age, right, at the prime time of boxing, say he went in there with a Canelo, say he went in there with a, with a you know, Lemieux, he went in there with a Triple G, a guy like Keith Thurman, a guy like Errol Spence Jr. Yeah. You know, like all these guys would literally put McGregor in a hospital within five rounds. You know, so for anybody in the MMA community to say, oh, you know, he's going to go in the in the ring with the best ever, and that's going to prove that he, you know, he's toe-to-toe with the boxers. No, it ain't. Because if you put McGregor with any up-and-coming guy who's his age hitting his prime now, McGregor would get murdered in the boxing ring. It would be a complete mismatch. That's why the only reason why this fight got made was because Floyd retired after two years, and everybody's giving that to McGregor. Maybe because he's been gone for two years. Maybe because he's been doing all this other stuff. Maybe because, you know... Floyd, you know, seemed to be done with everything. Maybe now that he's 40, we can finally catch him. Maybe McGregor's the guy because he's so different and he's an MMA guy and orthodox. And to me, that's disrespecting to what the boxing is, disrespecting to a whole career, the lifetime career of a guy like Floyd. And, you know, as much as I, you know, I I do want to see this fight because I want to see if what I think is going to happen is going to happen. Um... But other than that, man, I mean, I just think it's unrealistic for MMA fans to get so defensive over MMA. I mean, nobody, like, regardless of what happens, and I think, and like, when you touched on this, everybody thinks that McGregor, she's going to end up being the biggest thing. But you got MMA guys saying, oh, we just want him to do good so MMA can get credibility. I don't think it works that way. I think if, if you know, boxing... Just you know, Floyd just completely puts on a show. It's gonna show to MMA fans, hey, look, you can be good. You're never gonna be great, you know, at, at everything. You know, that's that's what wrestling, jujitsu, boxing, because you do have to take time from mastering something to just getting really good, as good as you can, or something. That being said, though, you know, overall, we're not. We're, and I know we just went on like 15 minutes of us going completely against this fight, um, but. It is what it is. Um, I just wanted to get that out the way because I think a lot of people think that boxing fans are hating on this fight. And it's not necessarily that we hate the fight that McGregor is going to put on tonight. We're not hating on McGregor because he's he's stepping under. I think that, that takes a lot of courage. You know, that takes a lot of a lot of balls to to do something that people are telling you, hey, man, this is this is damn near impossible. You know, and that's that's respectable that that that's that that's you know, you can look up to that. That being said, though, if you're realistic, you can't get insulted when a boxing guy who's been watching boxing his whole time, you know, says, hey, man, this this, this, this ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. That being said, though, 
Let's talk about this fight and how we think it's going to go. Unless you got something else. Wow. I mean, the thing is, the term hate is like, um, I feel like it's a little bit over, like, it's hyperbole is what it is. Because it, the boxing heads, the pure boxing heads, aren't hating on this fight because it's being made. They're hating on this fight because it's overshadowing probably the biggest fight over the last 10 to 15 years. Yes, I'm talking about Canelo Triple G, and it will be ba- bigger. Not in terms of pay-per-view buys, probably, but it'll be bigger in terms of entertainment. It'll be bigger in terms of the, the quality of boxing in the ring. And nobody's talking about it anymore because of this uh, shit show, as like we like to put it, as, as just like because of this uh, spectacle. And, you know, and that's why boxing heads are, are disappointed or upset because of that. You know, you got, a, you got this fight that people have been wanting to see for over a year now. And Oscar De La Hoya finally made it. And nobody's talking about it. And we're three weeks away. Three, three weeks exactly from, from today is going to be the biggest fight of the last 10, 15 years. Nobody's talking about it because everybody's talking about this damn spectacle. And that, I think that's what has boxing heads upset. And also, you can even look at it tonight. Tonight, one of the greatest fighters in Puerto Rican history. And, of course, we love him because I'm half Puerto Rican. You're full Puerto Rican. You know, we're cousins and all that. Um, yeah, just just to let you guys in, we are cousins, we're yeah, family. That's but, how um, we do this. But um, Miguel Cotto's fighting tonight. It's probably going to be his second to last fight before he retires. Nobody's talking about it. He's not getting the spotlight that he properly deserves because of this fight, and that's what has boxing heads upset. You know, last week Terence Crawford, one of my top three pound for pound guys, my I'm, favorite boxer right now. Yeah, he's the boxer that you most remind me of in terms of your movement. But anyway, that's for a different time. Um, but yeah, he just scored a hell of a freaking what was it? Third round knockout. A I think third round knockout due to a body shot, and nobody's talking about nobody's it. Nobody's talking about it. Before you, that, you had Lomachenko. You know, not not to interrupt you, no, but you're good, to man. continue with it, you had Lomachenko a week before that, or two weeks before that. One of the best up and coming, and one of the most talented boxers we've seen in in a, in a long, long time. Prior to that, I mean, let's just talk about this. We had Mike Garcia, Mike Garcia and Broner. Prior to that, man, we've had so many good fights. So many. This year has been a uh, a reviving year yeah, for 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 boxing. Period. And MMA has been, you know, eh, because and that has to do with the business and the UFC. Not really for that, but for for as good as both sports have been doing, for this to overshadow everything, and 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 like I told you a, a while, like a couple of days ago, I wonder how fighters feel about this. Because I'd be damned if I was an MMA fighter in the UFC and I saw the owner of the company, the president of the company, Dana White, fanboying, you know, being a, a straight up fanboy over Conor McGregor because he's about to make him some money, you know. Yeah. And then I'm over here like, hey, man, first of all, when's my next fight? When's when are we getting back to business? You know, why are we shutting down the whole damn thing over this one guy? I, I understand everybody's behind him, but hey, it's, it's not a one man show, you know, and I think. It's bad on MMA. It's bad on boxing. And I'm honestly happy that we're going to see it in a couple of hours. It's going to get done with. And then we get to move on, like you said, to one of the best fighters. Two of the best fighters that we've seen in a long time. One of the best fights that it will be made in boxing history. And we get to move on to to a good year of boxing and a hopefully even better year for MMA. Yeah, man. It's like... I, I don't know what to say anymore. Honestly, because, I'm I'm more excited right. for Connor coming back to MMA and the possibilities of what he can do 
when he comes back to fighting guys I know I want to see him fight against yeah, but than anything else. The thing is, man, I, I honestly don't think he's going to come back to MMA. Because this is what's going to happen. He's going to fight this fight. He's probably not going to take much damage unless if Floyd really wants to hurt him, which everything that he's been saying up leading up to the fight, it seems like Floyd really wants to hurt him. He seemed dude. to have pissed him off at the way he's... Yeah, he was disrespectful. He's over there showing up. Rumor, this is from Floyd's mouth. He's showing up late to press conferences, you know, late to all these meetings. And uh, that's unprofessional. One thing you can you cannot say about Floyd is that he's been unprofessional in terms of his boxing. He's always been in shape. He's never missed weight. He's always on time when it comes to press conferences. And he always shows up in the fights. He, 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 you can say that he robs the customer because he's not an offensive fighter. But honestly, for a guy like me and for a guy like you who loves the purity of boxing, we love watching him fight. And that's one thing that I have to give Conor and the UFC credit for is the fact that they were able to get him out of retirement so that we'd be able to see this wizardry that we're about to see defensively in a couple of hours. But um, my point was that I don't, I don't think he's going to come back to UFC, man. Because and I, and I, like, I agree. I don't, I'm not saying yeah. he, he would, but I'm saying I would be more excited to see him in an octagon than to have seen him tonight. Because I, like, um, I feel like now with this whole Paul and Molly Naji thing, even though Paulie's retired... Um, I could see them trying to get him out of retirement. And I could see him probably wanting to come out of retirement just to get his uh, payback on Connor for uh, disrespecting him and, and training and all that. Uh, so I could see that being Connor's next fight. And that's a fight right there. Just with the hype and like the, the, the freaking hatred that's been spewed on social media between the two guys, I could see that fight making him 5 to $10 million easy. So um, I don't see Conor coming back. It would be great for him to come back and defend his titles. But if he does retire, he's not on the Mount Rushmore of MMA fighters. I don't even think he deserves to be in the top 10, honestly. Yeah, he got two um, titles in two different weight classes, but he's never defended either one of them. I know, but we'll, we'll talk about that after the fight. Yeah. Because we'll talk about you know what we think Conor should do or what's most likely going to happen um, in a couple of hours. Because I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the podcast. But this is going to be a two-part podcast. We're doing the beginning, the pre-fight now. Later on, we're going to be recording the post. Yep. As we speak, it's eight twelve, so we got to we, yeah, we got eighteen minutes because it's Cotto fight. Cotto fight. Um, that being said, let's talk. You know, and one of the things that we were talking about earlier, overshadowing, we got two. We got one world champion, and is Badu Jack a champ? Badu's not a champion yet, right? He's no, but Badu Jack's not a champ, and Javante Davis ain't a champ yeah. anymore. He missed weight, so. We have two of the top up and, coming. up and comers right now, and they're barely being talked about because of this fight. That being said, we have what's the first fight? The first fight on the main card. We're not going to really talk about the preliminary card that's going to be on Fox at seven o'clock. So it's already been going for an hour and thirteen minutes now. First fight on the card is Andrew Tabati versus Steve Cunningham. Steve Cunningham, a former uh, cruiserweight champion. Uh, I guess uh, he's coming off a loss because this kid Tabati is undefeated, fourteen and zero. Um, so we got, we're gonna get an up and coming. What what weight class is it? It's cruiserweight. Oh snap! Pounds. That's my weight class, son. Yes. So we got to see some cruiserweight action that we don't get to see much. Yeah. Um, I honestly I don't know the neither of those guys. Well, Steve Cunningham I know because he's a former champ. Um, I haven't really I've never kept up with him. I just I know who he is. Cruiserweights um, are rough. Cruiserweights yeah, are rough. Cruiserweights, ever since Evander Holyfield, it's been down here. Yeah. But um, 
I'm gonna go ahead and pick the up and comer. Fourteen yeah. dude. Tabity. Um but yeah, so that's the first fight. The next two fights are gonna be great. Yeah, the next fight is Nathan Cleverly, thirty and three versus Badu Jack twenty one, one and two. Although he should be twenty two and one. Yeah, he got robbed in one. his last fight. Um and it's Badu Jack moving up in the weight to yes. light heavyweight. Badu Jack. The Ripper. I'm, I'm gonna take Badu Jack. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take Badu Jack too. Probably I really like him. Out. He's a um he's a money team uh, fighter. He uh his last fight against um damn what was it James DeGale? Was it James DeGale? Yeah, that's the yeah, one we got robbed. James DeGale. Yeah, they they kind of they called it a uh, I think it was a majority draw. Uh, we thought that Badu Jack did enough to win it. He was losing the earlier rounds, but he came back. I think he landed a knockdown, and uh, we had him winning. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and he's just an exciting fighter. An exciting fighter. So, like, at least for the bo- I know at least for the boxing fans, um, we're gonna. And, and what's good about this, this the fact that they put you know Davis and Badu Jack is that MMA fans are used to watching the whole card. So MMA fans, when they tune in and they watch this, they're gonna at least see some good boxing, and so hopefully mm-hmm. that transfers into more ba- more boxing fans later on. Um, but yeah, well, I got Badu Jack. We both got him, and then yeah, the I'm, last I'm, one. Yeah. Well, um, just to touch up on Badu Jack, last fight it was a good fight, you know, um, against the Gale. Uh, hopefully he gets his win and is able to build on it. Like I said, he is a money team fighter. That's why he's on this card. Uh, he's a young up and coming, moving up in weight. So uh, we'll see if he can get the job done and build on it. Uh, I like him because he's a he's a technical boxer, you know. He's uh, really good with his feet. Really, He has a nice jab, puts combinations together. Just a good, solid technical fighter. He's got a lot of potential, a lot of talent. Um, and hopefully he picks up this win and gets uh, the ball rolling a little bit. So the next fight, the co-main event, is arguably the future of boxing, the future of the money team. Javante Tank Davis versus Francisco Fonseca. Unfortunately, Davis was stripped of his title. He missed weight by two pounds, hopefully. This means that after this fight, he'll move up in weight to uh, to lightweight, 130 pounds. Be cool to see him there. Um, he can make a lot of fun matchups with guys like uh, Carl Frompton or Leo Santa Cruz there. Um, even though I don't think they fight at lightweight, I think they're at this uh, junior lightweight. But uh, they could easily make that weight. Um, and if he gets big enough, who knows? Maybe he could get um, some of the other guys, the junior or the junior welterweights, to come down and fight him. But anyways. He was stripped of his title, missed weight by two pounds, fighting a dude that's 19-0-1. I've never really heard of him, Francisco Fonseca. Uh, th- th- this is going to be a Davis, um, what's it called, exhibition. Yeah, it'll be a, he'll be able to show his talents. Yeah, th- this is to uh, showcase Davis. Because yeah, Davis, dude, I, I like him a lot. I, he reminds me of Broner a lot, his fighting style. Um, but I, I, I would say a successful Broner. Well, we got to see. We got to see because now that he's missed weight, um, maybe he's letting the, the fame get to his head, you know. So hopefully he doesn't end up like Broner because, like you oh, said. He's, he's not going to miss weight again. Mayweather hates. And, and I know I, I and we, we've both heard, you know, as a businessman, Mayweather, one thing he hates is for guys to fail at things like weight. So I guarantee you if, if it wasn't because, you know, he's fighting tonight, Mayweather would be all over Davis. And I probably already is, and that's all. I, I expect the the money team to be more on top of Davis when it comes to his next fight. You know, the, be, him coming from that gym, 
So I think I think just you know Floyd probably took a lot of the the uh, attention from all the trainers and stuff. Yeah. That being said, you know he's still gonna he's still gonna put on the show and he'll he'll get one of those titles back. Yeah, um, yeah. He, like you said, he he's a lot like Adrian Broner. He's a he um unlike Broner because I don't think Broner the one thing that's missing from his arsenal just the same way I think that it's missing from Vasil Lomachenko's arsenal is put away power. Yeah. And but Javante Davis has that put away power along with his flashiness, along with his uh his speed, his quickness. He has that power to put guys away. I think he you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of a young Mayweather. Maybe not as defensively like pretty sound. Pretty boy back in the pretty like, boy days. Well, yeah, like pretty boy Mayweather when he had the fade and all that. But um hopefully this missing weight is just a one time thing because that's one of the things that uh put a rift in between the relationship between Mayweather and Broner was the fact that Broner was very unprofessional, that he let the fame get to his head. You know, he talks about being about billions, but uh, he doesn't put in the work necessary to be about billions. So hopefully Javante Davis doesn't go down that road yes, like Broner. So for tonight, expect from Davis, very fast, very powerful combinations from Davis. And I'm going to say, um, I'll make a prediction for him at least. I'm going to say a fourth round knockout. Um, probably by stoppage. Well, yeah, it's a knockout. Yeah, but I'm saying like ref, oh, like ref, ref stoppage. stoppage. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm gonna see because if I say anything earlier than six round, then I'm saying that Conor McGregor is better than the opponent that Javante Davis is facing. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna say he gets it done eighth or ninth round. He and puts him away. Let's go ahead and predict for this uh, Floyd and Conor fight. Um. Well, there was a fight before that. Is there? Not the Davis. Yeah, Davis is last. There's Floyd Mayweather Jr. versus Conor McGregor. That's nigga. That's what I. That's, <laughs> you, you know damn right. Yeah, that's the main event. That guys. being said, so the main event of tonight, the spectacle of tonight, um, I broke it down to you earlier this week. Um, I don't, you didn't really give me much, but I'm gonna say this is <laughs> this is exactly how this is gonna happen. I'm gonna say round one, nothing, nothing much is gonna happen. Conor's trying to trying to do his uh his weird movements and his weird stances. Uh, it's going to take Floyd a little bit to get his jab out there and uh, kind of read him a little bit. Uh, and Floyd's going to end up winning the round basically just because he's going to throw more jabs than Connor. Um, round two, Floyd's going to get used to the weirdness. The weirdness is going to stop working. Floyd's going to show Connor that it's no longer working. I say round three and four, Connor's realizing that the weirdness is not working and he's going to go for broke. He's going to try to, you know, pressure him more. He's going to try to be more physical. He's going to try to. Um, go forward more and he's going to start paying for it and i'm going to say somewhere between round fifth or six um mayweather begins to showcase his pretty boy skills and probably i'm going to say six he stops him yeah i'm going to agree with you on the stoppage six round initially that was my pick but then over time i said maybe ninth round maybe floyd would try to stretch it out but with floyd being obviously upset over the professionalism of conor McGregor, i think that just that quickens the demise of Conor McGregor, along with Conor. Conor's going to eventually get frustrated. You know, if he gets heated in press conferences, there's no doubt he's going to get heated in the ring when he realizes that his his BS, his 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 little uh, fucking little movement, whatever you want to call it, his weird movement that everybody talks about that says that's going to help him in this fight, he, he's going to come to grips with the fact that it's not going to work on a guy who's been doing it, doing this defensive wizardry for over 20 years. So, like you said, uh, the first round is going to be very slow because Floyd's going to try to get um, 
He's gonna he's gonna read uh, Connor's movements. I think by the minute and a half mark, he's gonna have it down though. Floyd is just uh, his boxing IQ is out the out the gym, out the roof. You know, whatever you want to say, he's got the best boxing IQ in all of boxing. Um, so within a minute and a half, he'll have Connor's uh, movements and uh, the angles of where the punches are coming from down. And then it's just gonna be a defensive show until Floyd decides to put it away, which I think by the fifth or sixth round. He's going to be bored with Conor McGregor, and he's going to put him away. It's not, he's not going to flatline him. He, Floyd don't flatline him. doesn't flatline, flatline guys. What's going to happen is he's going to be just pity-patting him. He, that's, that's what we call it. You know? yeah, when he's just hitting the gloves, and all of a sudden, bam, left hook out of nowhere, uppercut, body shot. You know, It's going to be a slow and methodical performance, but it's going to be a classic Floyd performance. It's going to be pretty boy mixed with money. In terms of he's going to have the aggression, the the offensive uh, skills of a pretty boy Floyd, but then he's going to have the defensive wizardry and movement of Money Mayweather. And that's how this fight is going to end. And then we can put this damn shit to rest because I'm tired of talking yes. about it. Yes. I'm tired of hearing about it. And I'm, I'm ready to talk about freaking Canelo Triple G, which is not getting enough hype, not getting enough love. It's a freaking tremendous fight. I've never been a big Oscar De La Hoya fan. But shit, thank you, Oscar, for making this damn fight before it was too late to make it. Yes, yes. And that's it. Mic drop. Yeah. So that's <laughs> it. We, uh, we will continue the rest of this podcast post-fight. Um, we will get back to you guys. So uh, this is not goodbye. This is see you later. Fnac. Fnac. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, post-fight, post-entertainment, post-Mayweather and McGregor. And, of course, as all of you must know by now, Mayweather stopped Connor in, the, what was it? The uh, 10th round. 10th round. Referee stopped the fight. Connor uh, looked tired, got dazed by a couple of punches Mayweather threw. And then uh, Mayweather just flurried until the ref stopped. Uh, entertaining fight, nonetheless. Um, uh, you go first. You go first. What? What? It was this fight was weird from the beginning. So, what do you think? Uh, strange fight. Strange fight. That was not the Floyd that we. Uh, we uh, grew to know and love. Uh, he was definitely not defensive at all. Um, he looked a couple of steps slower. Or maybe just a step. Maybe not a couple of steps. But um, McGregor did good, you know, for his weird uh, style, his awkwardness uh, that he brought from the octagon. Uh, he was able to land some punches and uh, some uh, not-so-legal punches, some rabid punches. But uh, the ref let him get away with it. He did well, um, but he gassed out. Because Floyd picked up the pace. That's that's pretty much my summary. Because Floyd fought a different fight. He fought a pretty boy fight more so than a uh, money fight. Yeah. Um. And well, it was kind of a pretty boy fight. Um. It was kind of a weird mesh, and it looked like a like a tired Floyd. Just I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, it's kind of like like we knew what Floyd was trying to do. It just looked sloppy for what he was like. 
what box like me and you who know boxing and I, I, I'm assuming anybody who knew what Floyd was going to try to do um, it just looked sloppy for what we knew he was trying to do he, I, we knew he was trying to go forward get him tired um, that was the game plan you could hear it in his corner um, from fourth round on his corner was like all right here we go um, then you you heard Con, uh, Connor's corner saying okay this is the round you're going to lean on him and you know we could tell he was getting tired so the game plan was pretty simple um it worked, but it just, I remember, you know, we, I looked at you and I was like, this, this is everything about this fight is weird. Like first and second round, like I was just, I, I, Connor, here's the thing. People are going to say Connor did really good, but did he really, did, did he do good because Connor did really good or did he do good because Mayweather was just acting weird? I, it was a weird fight in Mayweather's part. Um, there was no defense there. There was no head movement, no footwork at all. Uh, he was going forward in a very amateur-like, um, kind of sloppy way. And no disrespect to Mayweather in that point, but like it, it was just very basic, very in your face. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sit here and take what you got, um, and you know, wait, wait, wait my turn. So uh, I don't know if if you can say. Hey, you know, well, at least Mayweather, uh, McGregor, I mean, put on a show, you know. No, he didn't put on a show, but he did enough to survive until the 10th round. And that was really because uh, Mayweather led him, though. Because if it was the Mayweather of old uh, in his prime, you know, even the Mayweather of two years ago, it would have been stopped earlier, you know. We both predicted that it would be stopped in before six rounds, and uh, he went four extra rounds, so... Uh, yeah, he did all right in terms of that, but um, that was because uh, Mayweather let him. You know, he fought weird, like you said. He didn't have much footwork. Uh, I think he had enough uh, head movement and uh, of the shoulder roll type technique to uh, avoid a lot of those shots until he gassed out uh, Connor. Yeah, and even even his power punches, uh, Mayweather's power punches, he was uh, off balance a lot. He was uh, lunging forward. He was uh you know, but. It worked, and that goes to show you. I mean, what I mean, I mean, what I what I got out of all this is, um, Connor, whether it's in boxing or whether it's in MMA, has a really, really obvious, really bad weakness that we've seen in the past, and he just he's, I don't know if he he doesn't seem to care, or is that he doesn't seem to want to fix it, because. How many times have you know since the Nate Diaz fight has he seemed so tired? It's kind of something you you can tell, and I, it's pretty easy to address when it comes to training. So, um, I, uh, that's that's kind of like out of everything that happened in this fight. Um, I mean, you, the commentating said it best. I mean, at least he has a good jab. You know, he he established yeah. his jab. That's basically what we. We saw boxing-wise out of Connor. Um, he was doing okay in his countering. But other than that, man, the big thing I got out of this whole thing is whether it's in MMA or whether it's in boxing again, Connor has to fix his cardio. He has to fix that problem. Because especially in MMA, if he goes back and he has somebody like, like um, Tony Ferguson or, or worse, somebody like Khabib, um, who are going to grind him down, who are going to wrestle him down, his cardio has to be top shape or, you know, Connor's not going to be Connor for a long time. Yeah, that's definitely his weakness. Um, 
You can even trace it back to the Chad Mendes fight. Uh, after the first round, he was pretty gassed. He was just lucky enough to land that straight right that put Chad Mendes on his ass. So um, his gas tank, uh, it is his weakness. It uh, doesn't have many gallons to it, so it doesn't last that long. And I guess uh, he's just fortunate that he has knockout power in terms of with four-ounce gloves and in the MMA world. Um, but obviously in the boxing world, his power doesn't really translate that much. And um, so, yeah, cardio is really something that you can never get uh, more of. It's more of a uh, learning how to conserve your energy type thing. So uh, he's going to have to work on that. Um, but going back to MMA, if he goes back, because we still don't know, he said he would. But uh, he just made $30 million at least, and he's going to get a share of the pay-per-view buys. So uh, we'll have to see if he comes back to MMA. But if he does, um, he's going to definitely have to work on that cardio and that gas tank. Hello? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like he, ha- he has to do something. He has to work on that. Um, I do believe he's going to come back to MMA. I don't... I- if there's anything you learn from Connor and his whole thing and his whole career is he he is a fighter, you know. I know people paint him as this like superstar that that doesn't need no more money, that's gonna make enough money and all that stuff. But that you know originally going back to why we like him as a fighter is he is a fighter, he is not scared of, of taking you know whatever fight anytime anywhere. That's mainly his fan base and, and, and the main you know mainstream media that puts him out to be this this. Uh, this guy who chooses his 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 timing and his and his opponents, he's really not shown that at all. He's shown that he's willing to fight whoever, whenever. So I expect him to come back to MMA, um, possibly after the Khabib Ferguson fight uh, happens, and maybe take on one of those, and maybe take Nate Diaz, you know, for the trilogy fight. But um, n- no matter what, like we said, no matter what fight he does he does take, he has to fix the cardio problem because. Um, in boxing, we just seen if you get tired, you're not going to punch hard. And he wasn't punching hard from the beginning. In MMA, if you can't punch somebody hard when it's your one thing you can do, you're going to get screwed. Yeah. You know? And in MMA, it's a lot worse because if, you, if you're if you tired, you can't stop the takedowns. If you're tired, you can't stop people punching you in the face. You're not going to knock people out. So out of everything that we learned from this fight, one, my man Floyd... Still the man, still the king. He's an old man, an old yeah. king. I love the fact that you said, "I went fifty and oh, You said fifty and a half, forty nine and a half. Yeah, forty nine and a half. That shit was. That's the best quote I've seen in Facebook yet. Um, I'm over here replying to all the Floyd haters. I'm, I'm killing the game when it comes to defending Floyd. But uh, like we said before in the in the preview of this podcast or the the previous um, pre-fight. We're not haters of Conor. We love Conor as a fighter. Yeah. Um, We look forward, like I said, I look forward more to watching him fight now um, in his sport with a ship on his shoulder, having to prove himself like, hey, I'm still the king. You know, I'm still McGregor. I look forward to that. But, you know, we got it out the way. It's what we wanted. I mean, we both immediately Uh, said, well, fuck, thank God it's over. Yeah, um... My whole thing is now, after this, we're going to see who's really a Conor McGregor fan. Because I honestly, I truly believe that a lot of his fan base, his current fan base, started when the hype for this fight started. So before he even 
fought Nate Diaz the first time was when the the hype was starting. That's really when his fan base grew, where his superstardom started to grow. And I really want to see how many people are going to stay by his side. You know, like you said, we're still going to be on his side. And we're happy because now maybe people will appreciate him for what he is and not for what they want him to be. They want him to be this superstar, this transcendent fighter. Man, the man is just a fighter. He wants to fight. He's not scared to take on challenges. It took a lot of balls to get in there with a guy who was 49-0. and 0. Granted, he was, he's not a knockout artist, so it's not like he was in total danger. But um, he did take some shots, and uh, it could have gone really, really bad if it was anybody else. Um, so maybe now that it's over, now that he's going to go back to the MMA world, uh, people can appreciate him for what he is um, and just enjoy the rest of his career because, honestly, even though he's 28 years old, I don't see him fighting for that much longer. I say, uh, it, well, now that we both agree, well, I kind of said that I don't see him coming back, but if he's true to his word and he's coming back to MMA, maybe he'll defend his belt a couple of times and ride off into the sunset. He really doesn't need UFC anymore. He's set for life. He's got a kid. He's got a beautiful wife. Um, but yeah, man, maybe now people will start appreciating him for the fighter that he is and not the superstar that they want him to be. Yeah, and, and it's okay that he's a superstar. It's okay that he has the fame. But this is the fight world, like you said, and it's better when you appreciate fighters for being fighters instead of you know putting you know a character on them. Like like we all love the shit talking. We like the quotes and the, and the funny, but at the end of the day, the reason why we like them is is to fight, you know, the fight game. And so, like you said, it, it we I guess we both hoping now that the fans that came and rode this hype train with them because of this, the magnitude of this fight, stay as fans, not because of the the hype behind them, but simply because he's a great fighter, you know, and so. Um, now, here's the thing. Out of Khabib and Ferguson, who would you rather see him against? Um, I've gone back and forth, man, because, like, at first I, I felt like Khabib would be his uh, toughest matchup because he's the complete opposite of what Connor is in terms of he's a wrestler. He likes to ground and pound his uh, his opponents to uh, so pretty much submission is pretty much what he grinds them down to. But um, I feel like... Uh, for the more exciting fight, he should fight Tony Ferguson. Um, and then for the matchup in terms of total opposites, he, Khabib is a good option. Uh, I would like to see him fight Nate Diaz first and uh, finally finish that trilogy, get it out the way. Nate Diaz did beat him, even though it was at 170. It pretty much uh, says that, you know, I beat the champ or the current champ. I deserve a, a title shot. And um, so I would like to see him fight him next. Uh, get that over with, get another $20 million payday, and then fight the winner of uh, Khabib versus Ferguson, if it happens. I, I forgot, I forgot, um, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I did forget that Khabib isn't fighting Ferguson because they, he wasn't able to make the weight in time. Yeah. So we got Ferguson and um, Kevin Lee. Yeah. So it, it would basically be the winner of those two, because um, I guess Khabib yeah. wouldn't be ready. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's why I said if, yeah. but uh, I still want to see that fight. That's a hell of a fight. Yeah. I would take Ferguson. I, I also agree with you with, with the Nate Diaz thing. And I think Nate Diaz right now is the smart choice because um, 
I saw a lot of people immediately after the fight say, oh, well, now when Conor gets back to MMA, his hands are going to be better. Not necessarily. Um, because he's been focused on boxing. And when you focus simply on boxing, you kind of go away from, from the movement that's going to take you, um, being aware of the, the takedowns, being aware of the kicks, you know. So he has to get back in the, in the, in the gym and getting back to going, you know, MMA Conor McGregor. He has to go back and getting his movement at, at you know, his movement, his karate style, his, his, uh, his pivoting, his, his, um, his footwork needs to get back to MMA base. Um, he needs to get back into wrestling and, and the ground game and all that stuff and getting back and throwing kicks. So it's, it's not as simple as his hands are going to be better because he did a boxing match. Because um, when, you, when you strip yourself of everything that you've been doing as an uh, MMA guy and you go to simply boxing, um, it's not as simple as I'm going to just, you know, my hands are going to be better. Let me just keep doing what I was doing. Um, it, there, I, I believe... There should be a period of, you know, getting back into it. And hopefully, um, I like we said, we like him for be the fighter that he is. And I, I'm sure McGregor is the type of guy who's, okay, next thing, let's get back in the gym. Let's get back, you know, to getting on top. So I look forward to seeing that transition. Yeah, and that, that point you made about him having to switch back over to MMA boxing uh, is why I like the fight with Nate Diaz because Nate Diaz's background is traditional boxing. So um, even though Nate Diaz is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, against Conor, he's going to want to stand and bang. So I like that fight to get uh, Conor's uh, foot back into MMA, back into the MMA style, because MMA and boxing are two totally different things in terms of the, MMA and bo- or the boxing in MMA and the boxing in the boxing ring. So uh, to tr- make it an easier transition, fight the one guy in all of MMA that is a traditional boxer, that's at that weight class and uh just get your feet wet again it might cost him the belt but uh man he's got to come back and at least defend it once in order for me to be able to say you know what this guy is one of the top 10 maybe top five fighters of all time yeah if he wants to be considered you know the top of the top he has to at least defend that uh that belt um and you're you're right Nate Diaz is probably the easiest um at least in terms of getting ready for it so I do agree with that. Um, other than that, man, uh, we had a good good night of boxing, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it was fun. If you, I tell you what, though, if you chose to watch this fight and ignored the Miguel Cotto and Kamagai fight, you fucked up because that fight was tremendous. What was it? It was kind of one sided. I know, but it was it was like watching Cotto hit a moving. Uh, Crash test dummy, who will not stop coming. It's like it's like the worst nightmare when you're like in trouble and you want to defend yourself, but this the guy won't fall down. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed good it. Fight, good fight, I good fights it. all around. Uh, a yeah. little controversy with Tank Davis, but uh, he technically got the job done. Uh, Badu Jack looked tremendous. He looked fantastic. I would like to see him against Andre Ward, but I think he needs to win one more. I think so. he called out Adonis. Yeah, he did. He, I, I would like that fight. Um, I also wouldn't be mad if they put him up against Kovalev, just because Kovalev, um, even though he's coming off of back-to-back losses, he was at one point in time the king of the light heavyweights. And uh, Adon- or not Adonis, uh, Badu Jack is new to the division, so that would be a fun matchup. And then if he were to beat either Adonis or Sergey, then you could put him up against the pound-for-pound king and Andre Ward. 
Now the question is this though. Granted he is he did say he's gonna retire, but now at least for a week or two, uh, do you put Floyd at back to pound for pound number one? I think any time that Floyd is active as a fighter, um, he has to be pound for pound greatest of all time. Pound for pound as he's right now, he's a boxer. Um, until he's officially retired, I wanna see you know what? I'm gonna put Floyd as a top fighter in the world until he goes into the Hall of Fame. Once they induct him, he is no longer an active fighter in my mind. Then okay. Then we can move on to something else and then we'll do a whole podcast episode probably next week on who is uh on the top of the list. But for now you have to. You have to put Floyd. You you're talking about a guy who came back after two years of doing nothing. I mean Everybody always talk about Floyd's always ready. Floyd's always this. Floyd's always that. But it, you know, hard hard work when it comes to training and keeping in shape is not hard. When you're a guy like Floyd and athletic as you are your whole life. That being said, though, it's still something when you come back after two years, you know, four hundred and something days of uh, of retirement and jump straight in with, with what people were calling a very dangerous guy into a very dangerous fight, you know. And and he didn't look his best, but it still, you know, showed that even the non-best of Floyd can go in there and compete against anybody who, who wants to step in. And I do think, you know, he didn't know what he was getting into, so that, that played a lot into today's fight. But to answer your question again, as long as Floyd is considered a boxer, he is the top pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Yeah, as long as he's active... um, once he puts in his retirement papers, and that's when uh, you can take him off, and um, then you can put Andre Ward back at number one. Um, he did look a little bit old, but I feel like that was because he was trying to bring out the pretty boy Floyd. I think that's the excuse because, like I said earlier, he, his head movement was on point. You know, he took a couple of jabs. He did take a counter uppercut, and he did get hurt. Uh, maybe not hurt, hurt, but like stunned by a body shot late in that fight. But uh, he was able to recover, and uh, he got the job done. Um, so, yeah, man. Yep. Yeah. So that it's was finally it. over. It's over. We can move on to FNAC. FNAC. Uh, next, tomorrow, we're actually doing another podcast episode. We're going to cover everything from um, Terrence Crawford to more in-depth of the the fights from tonight with... um. Miguel Cotto, and then we'll cover a little bit of uh, what's coming up in the future, and maybe we'll do, we'll do a, I don't know, I don't know if let's we should. Do, let's do our top ten. We'll do our top ten tomorrow. Let's do that. Right. So there you go. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, this was uh, this was a special May Mac episode of the FMAC. Yeah, episode one and a half. One and a half. And O. And O. Fight Night and Chill Podcast. I'm Rich. And I'm Lowe's. And this was Fight Night and Chill. FNAC.